0: Welcome back to the ADMS podcast. I'm Natalie Campbell, and in this episode, we're revisiting a session from the 2023 International Conference on Automated Decision Making and Chinese Societies, which was held at RMIT University on the 1st to the 3rd of February. In this keynote, Zindai Dai from Peking University presents Locating and Localizing ADM Failures in China. the the next uh, half hour or so, um, so, uh, or I guess 40 minutes basically, so I'll talk about uh, some of the observed and perceived failures or uh, problems uh, of automated decision-making applications in very broad sense, uh, which I I think is the theme of uh, this conference. Um, About the topic though, um, uh, when I when I say locating localizing ADMs failures in China, by locating I mean to uh, pinpoint to uh, different places that complained failure uh, arises, and by localizing I mean to um, you know, suggest that we should consider ADM failures as embedded uh, in cultural contexts and structures. Uh, which is China here, right? So uh, rather than just to think about them uh, only in relatively abstract and universal terms, even though uh, those are uh, deep, great thinking. So hopefully this is what people here um, are interested in. Okay, so um, uh, so I, I think now for, for quite a long time uh, we constantly hear about complaints about how um, automated decision-making Mechanisms or applications are causing uh, troubles in all kinds of contexts. So uh, I'm I, my background, I'm a legal scholar, so I uh, the law is naturally about crafting solutions or thinking about solutions to problems that everybody uh, complains about, um you know, day to day, right? So uh, but when we talk about uh, automated decision making, or I think, more loosely, the use of uh, computer algorithms in public, societal, commercial, decision-making settings. I think discourse uh, a lot of times are, are kind of overgeneralized, right? So although the issue actually are uh, really multiplex, even just you know, thinking about them in, in our minds. Uh, so uh, there are a lot of problems, various problems uh, that can be attributed to uh, the use of ADMs actually are very different and they require different approaches to um, understanding them and, uh, and possibly solving them, if at all, right? So I think people have uh, nowadays, indeed, I started to uh, work towards distinguishing the issues, right? So, so what I'm doing here is to uh, work along the same um, direction, as kind of a loyalty direction. I uh, just try to I uh, use, uh, but but try to use some alternative uh, conceptual uh, heuristics frameworks to uh, hopefully uh, offer uh, some somewhat a useful angle which uh, we may use to um, you know zero in better uh, to the context and patterns in which different ADMs fail differently, and therefore uh, we may somehow uh, see if we can address them differently, right? So so now here, I think uh, I know first that I, I still use ADM failures in the relatively popular and uh, pragmatic sense, which refers to uh, the the disparity between intended and actual effects, right? So uh, by doing this, I, I try to explore here or I think we need to think about is it. not just how ADM, uh, tools may not function as expected for any given task, but also uh, what may be the underlying expectations that people have, um you know, consciously or subconsciously uh, when 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 they talk about when they think when they evaluate when it's assessment performance of AVM they confront with, um you know what, what are the baseline or reference point to use, right? So I think these these are particularly important uh, uh, not only for law and policy, but particularly for law and policy minded people um who although may uh, think, Sometimes, as I said, it's structural and deep level, but also, you know, we have to separate the issues and then operate in mostly, uh, I would say, localized, but also uh, marginal issue by issue fashions. So a little bit uh, more background here, though, uh, I, I should also note that uh, as a matter of long policy uh, to uh, differentiate ADM or algorithm problems and to tackle them in different ways um, has also been what's, uh, you know, aspi- what's aspired for by the regulatory authorities. Uh, including China, but not limited to China, right? So, in fact, the, the overarching principle of the Chinese regulatory authority nowadays uh, in, uh, announced uh, it will use used for regulating the digital economy uh, is, in fact, called differentiated regulation and management with uh, grading and cla- uh, classification systems. So, this is called fenle guanli, right? So, I think some of you may have learned that. So, for the past couple of years, um, China has uh, delved uh, quite deep into uh, setting up formal regulatory administrative apparatus on algorithms, right? For example, in 2021, um, the Cyberspace uh, Administration of China, which is the key um, uh, internet regulator you all know, uh, issued a uh, highly uh, anticipated piece of regulation on recommendation and algorithms. Uh, so that that regulation in fact, covered pretty much uh, you know all kinds of ADMs that in the commercial and societal setting people use nowadays. So in the, in the regulation, uh, the regulator calls for uh, multiple uh, authorities to collaborate in setting up a classification system based on, um, you know, uh, the functionality, the impact, the stake uh, of these uh, algorithms. So th- they they cover a lot of possible dimensions that you would we would use uh, in classifying the algorithms. Uh, it it also uh, will be uh, I think it will be quite some time for uh, you know all these classification systems to be set up. But at this time, at least in this regulation uh, itself. Uh, there are two types of categorization that have already been formally set up and and, and put put into some use. So one is the technical functionality based categorization, right? So for example, the regulation includes a formal classification of consumer algorithms into five types, right? So the so called synthetic and genera- generative, personalized content push ranking selection, uh, search and filtering, task assignment and decision making. So forth right so so this is a classification fully based on functionality and this is actually offered by uh, some engineering experts uh, the the regulator consulted at that, at that point when they're drafting this uh, regulation um and then um, and this this is useful of course uh, in the sense that um you know if you separate the functionality you know uh, different things do different tasks, and then they these things actually fall under the, the jurisdictions of different authorities right for example if this is content related uh, algorithm maybe they are regulated by a content regulator whereas um you know it's really just about traffic about you know uh, cab ordering, then you know uh they may be need they may also need to be uh, regulated by the traffic regulator etc so this is uh, one already in the in the regulation the other categorization is a binary line drawing right so they try to distinguish uh, algorithm uh, as two types. One is uh, those uh, algorithms with public opinion influencing or social mobilization capabilities, right? So these algorithms under the regulation are made uh, subject to a filing and security assessment system, right? So so, um, you see the picture um, on on the slide, which is a screenshot of the filing website where um, if you're interested, you may go and find a lot of public filing information, very interesting actually, uh, by lots of major internet companies. So, I think other than these, um, I think the regulators are still uh, struggling with their exercise of sort, sorting the beans in different ways, right? So, uh, but uh, I think, um, you know, of course, in, in the common or popular discourse, there are also, um, you know, the I call symptomatic topologies more commonly used, right? So, people talk about different ADM problems in the way that, okay, he, this is about social discrimination, that is about crisis from nation and unfair employment treatment, um, you know, induced addiction, et cetera. So, so these uh, categorization uh, are, are also uh, mostly, um, you know, descriptive, right? And I think it does, it doesn't do a lot, right, in terms of how um, these things, these flaws might be different in terms of the responses that might need to uh, be getting. So I'm not saying all these other uh, existing lenses to capture the different ADM problems aren't useful. They are useful, hugely useful. What I try to do here is really just to propose an alternative lens, uh, which I think might shed another kind of light on how uh, these ADMs fail in different ways. So I I hope uh, my uh, approach is a little bit more pathological, uh, which might steer people to think uh, and debate about how and why each ADM as applied failed to deliver the expected result, and what are the actual the expectations. So this is really asking ourse- ourselves what will we actually want uh, from using uh, these things. Okay, so uh, so 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 this is the heuristic framework, uh, which I didn't uh, invent, but really just borrow, um, you know, conveniently from a rather simple two by two matrix, uh, uh, you know, that appears, or it, or it's actually a topology that used. Uh, developed in relatively recent work by the, the social psychologist, uh, you know Daniel Kahneman, um, uh, cognitive psychology, I should say. So, and also his co-author, um, you know Sanjay Spony. So, so there's this uh, popular book called Noise. <clears throat> Highly recommended. But, <clears throat> but in that book and also related work on decision science, Kahneman, um, you know, and others, they conceptualized what we mean, what we may use to measure um, the effectiveness. Of decisions, right, made by either human or machines, uh, along um, you know two dimensions, namely how biased they are and how noisy they are, right? So, put uh, to put it simply, uh, the level of bias measures how decisions made are systematically off the target that it purports to optimize, and the uh, level of noise uh, noise of decision, meanwhile, uh, measures on uh, measures about how widely scattered decisional tools outcomes are distributed. Uh, so, so if it is too widely distributed, then the decision tool or mechanism should be understood as not useful, as it won't produce uh, useful, usefully predictable, uh, reliable decisions. <clears throat> so, so uh, a very uh, simple illustration. If we look at the graph on the right-hand side, these four teams, right, in an archery competition, really illustrate this, right? So they represent the four types of decision-making tools that common authors measure along the dimensions of bias and noise, right? So the upper left team uh, A uh, represents uh, effective decision-making, right? So they are the reliably hitting bullseye, uh, not much bias or noise. Upper right, uh, you know, uh, team B uh, represent bias, but not noise decision-making. So it's systematically uh, biased away from bullseye, but the shots are not scattered. Lower left C uh, represent noisy but not biased decision making. Right, so the shots are uh, uh, the shots are not biased systematically towards one direction or the, the other, uh, but they're just too scatters. So that the, even the shorter I think probably wouldn't have an idea uh, where next fall next arrow would fall. And then the lower right uh, team D represents de- uh, decision making that is both um, biased and noisy. So you see the arrows are. Um, systematically biased towards uh, the lower left direction, and also is quite uh, scattered. So I think uh, this graph illustrates Kahneman's uh, idea uh, quite closely, uh, quite quite clearly. And also I, I mentioned that Kahneman's book is not really about ADM alone, but also uh, uh, it's really just about decision-making in general. Uh, I think one argument they make, though, in, in the book is, uh, I think, uh, somewhat high, uh, highly relevant here, is that uh, human decision making is actually well known to be uh, noisy and biased, or both. Right, so so in many uh, uh, in many high state contact, that's the, the case, um, ranging from you know uh, court adjudication to public policy. So what they argue there is um, uh, in light of more popular. Discourse against machine decisions. So that's the popular discourse. They, they, they are trying to be a little bit of a contrarian, which is they, they want to say ADM or algorithms may be helpful too if you really understand where they could be. Helpful, uh, which is uh, a lot of times, first, of all, we will want to reduce noise and sometimes even bias uh, with ADM. Uh, but and those things are actually inherent in human mind. So, so I think uh, this argument's overall uh, persuasive to me. Um, there are disagreements, but I think uh, most in- importantly, uh, the, the inspiration here is I think it's worth uh, taking one step further from his general comparison uh, between machine and human decision making. So, we might also use the framework to. To um you know zero in onto um, the ADM itself, right? So so I generate a similar topology, still using comments to uh dimensions to see if there's something interesting that can be produced uh from this exercise. So we'll see. Um okay, so so here, this is the topology of ADM failures. Uh, I'm still working on it, so uh, definitely. See if this might be interesting, but uh, so I uh I focus on illustrating the type the different types of failures uh, with Chinese examples here, right? But no doubt, I think people here at the conference are all familiar with examples from the Western societies, right? So, um, you know, we're all comparatives, right? So, uh, but still, you know, all our Chinese examples. Uh, I'll discuss uh each of the four quadrants one by one in the following slide, but here I think just to give a general flavor, uh, I think on the upper left here. So the high bias, high noise ADM failures uh, would uh, uh, describe situations where the ADM mechanism is known to produce partial and uh, unreliable, unstable outcomes, which uh, causes uh, both inequity and chaos, right? So I think in recent memories, um, the health code, uh, 10 comma application used to restrict uh, mobility for pandemic control purposes. Uh, and also it, it's, it's in particular, it's collapse in the last several months leading up to uh, the government's pandemic policy shift in the end of uh, 2022. I think it's a notable example. i explain why. Uh, another example is the content moderation uh, or censorship system instituted at social media platforms. I'll also explain later. Uh, on the lower left, uh, the high bias, low noise ADMs are those I think that generate uh, systematically biased outcomes in favor of some groups at the expense of others, right? So such bias is, itself not intended or at least not officially intended or um uh, deemed desirable acceptable right so uh, so th- this type of adm failures uh, correspond to the uh, algorithm, uh, algorithmic discrimination problems that in the Western discourse, I think are often uh, the predominant concern people have uh, in context such as criminal justice, credit reporting, school admissions, so on and so forth. So in China, actually, I would say you don't have the classical scenario where, for example, a credit reporting agency will run, um, you know, run report uh, in particularly specifically against certain, for example, ethnic group. Um, that doesn't happen. The closest uh, thing we get here is that, uh, you know, the commercial or sometimes even public credit reporting system are, um, you know, sometimes they will be critiqued for uh, biased against small size enterprises or small, medium size enterprises, SMEs, right? So also, um, I I should know that there has also been a lot of talk recently in recent years in popular discourse, but I I don't think that's uh, in professional discourse, in popular discourse worrying about how, for example, some automated resume filtering system or, um, you know, employment background check systems uh, commonly used in corporations may produce uh, biased decisions against, for example, female job seekers, people from graduating from less college, less uh, prestigious college uh, or people from uh, certain hometown provinces. So the war is plausible because all these kinds of discriminations exist in offline settings. But I just haven't. Uh, really located one particular case, which really illustrating so these decisions are produced by automated process as opposed to there there are actually some human in the in the process. so um so that that's uh, the the second quadrant. on the upper right, uh, the low bias high noise ADMs are those that fail because they produce outcomes that are often unpredictable and erroneous, uh, although not necessarily um showing any clear bias for or against particular individuals or groups. So I think lots of the rudimentary or early stage e-government systems that have been reported to be dysfunctional would fall in this category. For example, in China, um there are cases where uh, certain uh, government pension systems uh, erroneously report are reported to erroneously terminate pension receivers. A payment because they, they the system is still the individual to be dead but they're not right so, uh, so and that 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 might be for system and data errors uh also there are more intuitive examples right so um which is the recommendation algorithm algorithm used at the platforms uh, which are actually often complained by consumers as obnoxious for that um, they use personalized recommendation of course but personalized recommendation are Supposedly, uh, really push to you only the stuff that you want, right? But in fact, they often mistook your preference and uh, push it, push to you a lot of things that you don't want to see. So I may I may say that even the system for uh, driverless car can be thought of as low bias, high noise. But I, I'll leave that out from this presentation. Is um, uh, for for the interest of, t- uh, of time. So on on the lower right, uh, the low bias, low noise ADMs. Um, now, th- those may be uh, you know a little bit more tricky when we think about them or when we uh, call them failure because it appears that uh, to be functioning well, right? So oh, yeah, they're making decisions reliably hitting the intended target. But here the problem, I think, is uh, that, that it's also important that we bring in the baseline or reference point question, uh, which is the societal expectation of what the ADM should do, right? As opposed to merely how a particular entity using these, uh, you know, ADMs hope that it will perform. So these ADMs uh, got protested uh, against uh, mostly because the goal the system tries to optimize, uh, collided with, um, you know, other social, social values, right? So examples may be found in outcries against the gig work platforms, uh, algorithmic, work assignment systems, as well as debates over the so-called algorithmic price discrimination practiced by e-commerce platforms, right? Okay, so this is the basic topology. Uh, I'm sure uh, you guys may be now thinking to yourselves, um, you know, about whether any of these particular examples does fit into their respective Quadrant, uh, I, I'm definitely happy to uh, you know hear or learn how you think because I'm still myself uh, you know sh- uh, working on them. This and also I'm sure some of them may be questionable. But while you do that, I think uh, uh, let me proceed to show you further about uh, the way that I think um, you know to think think about things in this way might be useful. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, look, looking at the ADMF failures and trying to um, you know proceed. Okay, so uh, we start with the first combination, Um, high bias, high noise, right? So we find that ADM fails because it produces high bias, high noise decisions. Simple response may be that we just cut them away, right? But I guess the, the situation may often be a little bit more complicated than that, right? So because in the abstract sense, of course, no one would have wanted to adopt any ADM that gets us to a place where um, that's worse than right now without them, right? But in reality, I think when we speak about high bias, high noise, we're not necessarily um, using the word, uh, you know, using the world with only human decision making as a reference point. But also, a lot of time using our rather vague but rosy, um, you know, expectation or idea about a functional or well-functioning ADM as the reference point, right? So, so this is is possible. That um, you know, lots of the high bias, high noise ADMs are still doing the job some way or in ways that humans cannot in terms of speed, scale, accuracy. But really, it's just the the bias and noise are just too obvious and uh, to ignore and so widely viewed as intolerable, unacceptable, right? So, so this is the hard part, right? So, I think <clears throat> in this case, I would be cautious to say, okay, so we just solve this problem by just tossing them away. Um, and then, then what to do? I think at one level. Uh, we may simply consider that these high bias, high noise ADMs as defective products and regulate them as such, right? So that means if we would still consider or allow their presence and use, we should also hope that uh, under the pressure of competition, on one hand, and somewhat adapted product liability regime on the other hand, uh, will we will eventually see technologists and <clears throat> regulators work together to refine them to reduce the level of noise and bias. So, so I think, generally speaking, the content moderation of uh, content moderation or filtering algorithm used by the mainstream social media platforms. Um, although, of course, we 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 could you know really like them or hate them very much, uh, and of course you know they are still very problematic. But you know the trajectory seems to be evolving <clears throat> toward that direction. Even though, you know, of course, I, I wouldn't uh, delve into this account moderation. It's really an intricate, complex issue. But still, I think there there's, there seems to be hope that people are working on reducing the bias and noise there to a certain extent. But I think importantly, uh, here, the, the critical presumption in any area is that, um, you know, we we would presume that there are competitive regulatory pressure, but these things cannot be, can never be taken as given. Right. Uh, we all know, for example, for digital economy, uh, market structure is a huge, huge uh, issue. And competition also uh, may not be dependable uh, when it comes to uh, public sector ADMs. Right. So uh, and those are also often to be found as uh, high bias, high noise. Uh, so so then so then so beyond that beyond the very conventional approach then what I think one uh, one popular but I I would say I have to say sometimes somehow naive idea is to ensure human intervention will be readily available all the time or even mandatory uh, so that to the extent that we will continue uh, using the EDMs we make sure that humans are on site and will intervene to address the bias and noise. So that, that's uh, totally reasonable, but also I think it's harder to uh, to say than, harder to do than just to think broadly. So I think one peril, uh, particularly illustrated in the health code tobacco of 2022 here in China, uh, um, might, might actually illustrate this point. right? So I think during that time, which is about three to four months, um, you know, uh, prior to, to the open up. So uh, the, there are hundreds of uh, thousands of people actually complaining about being restricted from domestic travels within China, which is uh, often just a trip back home. Right. Because their code in the smartphone app uh, turns red, uh, meaning that they were deemed as having uh, been to locations of high COVID exposure, uh, you know, exposure risks. Right. So the complaint about this code on surface is really that the, the ADM mechanism inherent in the code is kind of is biased and noisy. It biased against people with certain um you know uh, travel log, even though the not not all of them are actually of uh, exposure risk, right? So or not of higher exposure risk than those people who don't who don't have those travel uh you know locks. And also it, it is uh complaining that's noisy in the sense that there are indeed a lot of a lot of errors uh, about uh, where people have been uh, whether they they do have exposure risk but i think uh, eventually uh you know as people know how this works better uh people realize that how one gets his or her code is actually far from fully automated right so they thought it's, it's automated so they complain about the machine about the algorithm but it actually is far from fully automated the process have a lot of room give a lot of room for human participation right so so first you do have a vast army of street level bureaucrats were uh, given the power to review and prove people's petitions for changing their code from red to green, and that that, that happens, right? So, which make this system half automated and most, or even less, right? So, and also. You know, as a result, you do have uh, local officials here and there would abuse their power to use the code to restrict mobility for non-COVID, um, you know, uh, control purposes, right? So, so then, what, what's the lesson here? At least to me, I think it's really a cautionary tale about how human intervention may be the cause rather than the cure for ADM failures. Uh, but does that mean that uh, we should uh, then pursue a higher level automation? I think that, that might not be, right? So that, that really depends because, um, you know, without necessarily solving the problems of an EDM, so it's really just me uh, pushing the problem to the other quadrants, uh, which, uh, you know, we'll see uh, whether, um, you know, problems there are less difficult or more. Okay, so the second type of failure, uh, high bias, high, uh, low noise. So this, this is uh, what I refer to a situation where people are mostly concerned with a, about the systematically discrimination uh, problem produced by ADMs. Uh, so I, I, I should know that here that it doesn't mean here these kind of ADMs that definitely have no noise. If uh, that's impossible, all, all of them have. But it's really just the fo- not the four for most concern here. Uh, which is the bias, right? So I think people working on ADMs are most familiar with these uh, these issues. Uh, and I wouldn't repeat all the great work that has been done. Uh, but uh, the key here is, we all know algorithmic discrimination often results and really just augment the effect of underlying so- societal discrimination, right? So in that sense, uh, it should be easy to see that discrimination, um, I think, would work I- in ADM also offline, right, work not all the same, but quite differently in China uh, as as it does in, in the West, right? <clears throat> so I'm not expanding very much here, but I think generally speaking, the focal point of discrimination here in China is much less uh, concentrated in, uh, concentrated as in the West, uh, on race and ethnicity, right? So there are tons of thousands of types of uh, discrimination in China along all possible or thinkable dimensions. But also in that way, uh, it's also a lot of times it's also more volatile and mobile than entrenched, right? And also, you know, in, in some in certain contexts, discriminations along different dimensions may also st- sort of cancel each other out. But still, I think to the extent that ADM produced unacceptable discriminatory effect, uh, such as in, for example, the commercial public credit evaluation uh, situation where the system automatically will reject application by small entrepreneurs for certain bank credit uh, or public project participation rights, what to do, right? Or in case, uh, eventually, I think we will get there, that we will have all these automated resume filtering algorithms that would uh, automatically, and discriminatory, of course, filter out, for example, female applicants. Uh, we don't have this uh, kind of case yet. Uh, I, I still have to say we have similar case already litigated in in the court, but it's um, you know it, it's about <clears throat> using a system, but then you know to uh, using a system to collect uh, these applications, but the review is actually done by humans. So we have uh, cases there, but not we don't have the fully automated kind of a uh, employment discrimination. Uh, uh, situation here but they might come right so uh, what to do if if we do have this well I would say that um, there really isn't much news uh, news here though uh, but for the 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 usually proposed the legal or regulatory safeguard that you know we should put in place to deal with these kind of uh, you know thing all the time right so we might have to regulate or even prohibit the most undesirable data uh, processing practices that may be deemed uh, as of a high discrimination risk, right? So so of course, you know, the, the law, the administration, the bureaucracy, use them, they're far from uh, being perfectly effective solution. Uh, but again, uh, I think here, uh, one thing is, uh, I would say that discriminatory effect uh, might actually uh, be easier to become detectable uh, if such effect is generated by ADMs uh, instead of the humans, so that, the you know, the intervention might actually not be so implausible as people uh, consider. Uh, so besides, I will also add even here that although we may say that high bias ADM may result from underlying discrimination, sometimes there could be um, the societal policy or market incentives to address such bias. For example, still in the credit reporting situation, so when you have the general monetary policy uh, shifted from uh, you know uh, curtail credit to expanding. Credit. Then the credit uh, evaluation algorithm to rules may be changed to significantly lower, reduce its bias against small enterprises, individual borrowers, et cetera. Okay, so now moving to the third type of failure, low bias, high noise. Uh, This is of course, uh, includes those situations where the ADM causes uh, bizarre and incomprehensible errors, right? So many of the rudimentary, um, you know, e-government or early state e-government application may fall in this category. Uh, the complaints that people typically have is that there are just too many errors, so they're adding to people's hassle. So in picture, right, so you see it's quite common that government front desks, right, so once they equip with these uh, kind of systems, they will also have to assign uh, another human staff to help people use them, right? And most importantly, these staff are there uh, because it is anticipated these systems uh, quite often fail so that visitors will have to be, again, directed to a human uh, bureaucrat to deal with or process their uh, issues. So so of course, you, should, uh, you know, uh, on uh, each uh, specific incident, this might just be considered as tolerable hassle. Although, you know, if aggregated, so the magnitude of inefficiency could be pretty significant. So that will have interest in improving it. Uh, so the government overall, indeed, you know, many of you must know, you know has consistently tried to up their game in this in area. So places like Shanghai, Zhejiang, advanced, relatively advanced places, uh, the applications in recent five to 10 years have been increasingly become uh, sophisticated and successful, right? So, but again, uh, as previously said, you know, this is uh, public sector adoptions, right? So uh, I guess uh, we, we can never be sure that everybody will have uh, the universal kind of incentive to make it better, make it work, right? Um, so so when these things cause errors, though, so the way to deal with them, I think also is not a super um, kind of a novel uh, problem. Uh, you just have to put in the, the the procedural safeguard that we see everywhere, so that people have chance to uh, prevent, petition to correct mistakes made by the machines, as you know they are made by uh, by humans. Uh, so there are lots of uh, so there are actually lots of technical discussions about how to do this uh, in the uh, uh, Chinese or you know uh, overseas administrative law literature. Uh, which are, I think, uh, very important, hugely useful, but I just don't think they are uh, super novel or uh, interesting or ex- unexpected. So so then what about uh, the low bias, high noise ADMs in the market setting though? So that's kind of interesting. So I, I mentioned personalized recommendation. Uh, people, uh, you know, of course on one way, people complain about these algorithms for being biased, but also it's interesting to see that another type of complaint is that these algorithms are often noisy. In the sense that, okay, so, uh, of course, there they're definitely going to be a high likelihood that people search for milk formula, for example, baby formula will also be looking for diapers. But it's also certain there are many of them who are, are, uh, are going to not to be looking for diapers and might actually be amused or even offended when they see uh, what the algorithm pushed to them. Uh, similarly, right, so, for example, in social media. So where uh, one search for perhaps a uh, racy piece of news might get you a lot so many inappropriate uh, post uh, messages that you will uh, become furious, right? So for this uh, situation, I think there there may be also market pressure for firms to care about consumer experience uh, a loss due to the uh, high noise, right? But again, I think the condition here we said is, um you know you got to have market competition there. Uh, but also we see that the CEC regulation, the the uh, you know the regulation I mentioned before about recommendation algorithms. They they, they they do also try to deal with these problems, right? Try to give them some regulatory pressure. But one tricky part thing with the regulatory pressure is that um, sometimes they, they might help uh, reduce noise, but a lot of time they actually are only just uh, adding the, the bias into this, right? For example, the, the CAC regulation, they tries to, Of course, reduce the chance people see unwanted, inappropriate messages. But it also requires that official propaganda uh, be given priority in recommendation display, right? So so that creates high bias. So that that will also shift the problem to the high bias uh, quadrants. Okay, finally, find the the, the low bias, uh, low noise ADMs. So, these are a that failed only because, as I said, the society at large, or at least a significant portion of them, of the public, find the decisions made by these ADMs objectionable, right? But then the, the people, the entity, the firm that use them, you know, probably are happy with what they're doing. They don't think they're uh, there with uh, intolerable noise or bias. So, a good example of this may be, um, you know, a gig work platform, which, uh, for example, the food delivery. Platform, the work assignment uh, monitoring system they use to match available workers with consumer task requests orders, and also dictate the routes for delivery to optimize efficiency and consumer satisfaction. Generally, so the consumers uh, like the result, right? I like the result. I'm probably going to use them uh, for for lunch today. So uh, because they they optimize for you, right? But 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 the workers actually hate them, uh, protest against them, thinking the system squeeze them too much and neglect the workers' need for safety uh, leisure time. Uh, or even dignity, right? So, so so, that's one example. The other example is, um, you know, price uh, algorithms, e-commerce platform use, right, uh, which in recent years have been accused to practice uh, price discrimination against certain types of consumers. So we, we say we use the word discrimi- discrimination here as in price discrimination, but I also categorize it as low bias because is actually not deviating from what the developer, the user, the, the, you know, the entity tries to do, right? So the platform clearly just intends to use use these kind of algorithm system to extract more surplus uh, by uh, pricing the same good higher to consumers who have a higher willingness, willingness to pay, right, so to speak. So, but of course, uh, we see consumers hate them, right? So in this in such scenarios, the goal I think would be a little bit different, right? So uh, we are uh, so previously in the other quadrants, we hope to see if there are ways to reduce the level of bias, noise, or both. Here, the tough question is how are we going to settle the clash or conflict between different values or claims? Um, so for gig work, um, you know, platform between uh, consumers and, and workers, uh, I think the official stance in twenty twenty one. Is to unequivocally stand on the side of the workers, although in reality and especially in current economic situation, I think the pro labor policy stance probably like likely will step back a little. On um, price discrimination, it's also a more complex question economically, but there is also similar kind of uh, you know fluctuation back and forth. So therefore, I would say these types of idioms. Uh, maybe posing the real tough questions. Um, they're they're tough because uh, that's right, right? Because uh, you know the ADM questions are only hard uh, where we humans don't necessarily know or have the clue about what what what's actually the right thing to do. So I think the society eventually will or actually already have called for some kind of accountability regimes uh, to be imposed on uh, these kind of ADMs, so as to uh, you know ensure that although the Public preference and uh, interest will be volatile and shifting. Uh, what these uh, systems do, you know, they may be checked from time to time to ensure that they are aligned with the public preference. But, but here, you know, I guess one danger is that in the course of requiring accountability, human intervention might be uh, participating and also might actually go excessive, easily go excessive and, and cause these ADMs to uh, degenerate into the high bias, high noise category that we go back all the way uh, to the start. So, okay, I'm uh, concluding. Um, uh, this is basically a survey I, I want to uh, uh, give out of you. Um, I'm not sure it's useful, but uh, hopefully it, at least it's, it's somewhat in, uh, interesting. And also, I'm not able to, uh, uh, at this point, to draw any profound conclusions at all. Uh, but indeed, I think just after going through this exercise, uh, at least uh, there are uh, these things that stick out. Uh, to me, so first, I think uh, most obviously, we see in many cases we probably would just treat ADM failures as other consumer product, um you know, defect, and uh, you know, uh, depend on competition and regulation to see them evolve and become becoming refined. Uh, uh, and of course, you know, the market incentives are always, um, you know, not dependable, so that the uh, and you know, a lot of times uh, we still have to fall back on the conventional, uh, you know, existing procedural or uh, accountability tools. So so in that way, I would say we must, we may first just find out some of the problems are not super novel at the core, uh, especially from the law and policy perspective. So that's the first thing. Second, I think there is also a good cautionary tale uh, from reviewing the panoply of the Chinese practices, right? So we do see here and there the peril of having too much human in the loop, right? So sometimes ADMs fail, not be necessarily because lack of human oversight, but also could be because of excessive human interference, right? So uh I I actually thought this should, initially, I thought this should be obvious point. But nowadays, you know, as I uh, get more into this area, I thought that maybe, you know, uh, we lo- we always worry about out of control automation, but sometimes we forget to worry about ourselves. Uh, a third and finally, so I think during the course of surveying the four types of ADM failures, I know that failure, or you may call it defect problem, is largely a subjective cultural construct a premise on how people in a given social community expect ADMs to function. Right. So, so then, what's the Chinese society cultural expectation for ADM, and how does that effect assessment uh, of the performance of all kinds of ADMs already in existing in China? I think that's the critical question. I, I hope all of you uh, will agree. So I think generally speaking, and also based on uh, some of the studies that have already been done, even by some of you, right? So uh, I think the Chinese population uh, I I do think Chinese population have a consistent show, uh, somewhat a pragmatic preference toward ADMs, right? So they care about whether these things indeed are are effective, indeed useful, whether they does perform uh, better along the bias and noise dimension. And they they are relatively troubled less by the abstract concept of surveillance and discrimination per se. Uh, And given this, my, my observation is that people... Uh, no, tend to show greater patience if they're, they are somewhat uh, convinced that certain ADM failures are kind of temporary, transitory, and may uh, improve along the, along the time. And when it, it comes to public sector ADMs, it's also interesting that there is a widely shared perception that ADMs may be more neutral and reliable and efficient than, than the street-level uh, bureaucrats in whom the Chinese people actually uh, have long had relatively lower trust because they deal with them day to day. They saw that they have a corruption problem, uh, lazy, laziness, all of that, right? So this uh, might somehow contract with the view popular among the West, Western theorists, that believe ADM somehow might uh, undermine the legitimacy of democratic and administrative state. So so I think these cultural attitudes, I, I will speculate on one hand, might have uh, made greater room for ADM applications, even many of obviously uh, low quality to proliferate in China. And also on the other hand, uh, this attitudes might might be inducing stronger public outcry against certain ADM once these ADM become exposed to be actually not so automated but actually involve significant human modeling or interference just as the, the health code back will suggests right so i think in, in social psychology there there's a name for uh for these phenomena it's called betrayal aversion right which refers to the phenomenon where people might have stronger uh negative emotional reaction to the bad outcomes if these bad outcomes occur the, the process involves betrayal of trust okay so uh, i'll stop here um you know uh uh, thank you so much again for listening and, and being patient. And I look forward to the uh, discussions. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the ADMS podcast. Session recordings from this conference are available on our YouTube channel. Visit admscenter.org slash YouTube.